0: Jim Elliott, Pete Fleming, Ed McCully, Roger were five missionaries in Ecuador in 1959 who had a goal of reaching an unreached tribe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They called them the Alca. That was a term it was not what the tribe called themselves it was the tribe that other tribes called them because they were so fierce and so lawless they had a plan nate saint was a gifted pilot and he flew the little yellow airplane that you saw in the in the screening onto a sandbar in the curare river They'd attempted contact before, but it was very impersonal. There was no person-to-person contact until the plane landed that day. One of the tribesmen came out of the the bush and, and also a young woman, and they thought things were going well. But suddenly, everything took a turn for the worse, and the tribesmen, as you saw, came out and speared those five missionaries to death. They were armed, but they chose not to fire their weapons because they said, if we die, we know where we'll go, but we also know that those Indians do not know Christ, and we know where they'll go if they die. And they gave their lives for the gospel's sake. By the way, if any of you want to read that story, the best mission book that's ever been written other than the Bible itself is the book by Elizabeth Elliot, Through Gates of Splendor. I would recommend that every one of you read Through Gates of Splendor. But that is not the end of the story because Jim Elliot's widow, Elizabeth Elliot, along with their daughter Valerie, and Nate Saint's sister, Rachel Saint, made a trek into those jungles. They did not fly in, they trekked in, and they met with the Aucas. By the providence of God, the person they first met, the house that they went to, was the chief of the tribe. And he received them as his guest, and they came under his protection. They lived and worked with the Wailrani, which is their actual name, shared the gospel with them, and they were saved. Five men gave their lives. They conducted what was called the Alka Project, committed with passion, no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. Their story brings us to the end of our, sesh, our series on passion from the book of Second Peter. And I want you to understand that all the newspapers of the day said, what a waste such promising young men to die without ever having accomplished their task. But I want you to know that they did not die in vain. Their lives were not wasted because the tribe they wanted to reach with the gospel was reached. They were converted and they are today a Christian tribe. Those men were able to give their lives because they knew that if they died, they knew where they would go. That was their hope, and that, that hope fueled their passion. I've talked with you now, this is about the fifth message that I've spoken to you about passion. We've talked about the basis of our passion, the anatomy of our passion, the protection of our passion, speaking with you today about the hope of our passion. Um, Chris read for you the entire third chapter that's that's a lot of verses and I'm not going to read all of those verses but as you recall what he said about the prophets and what the prophets had said there's three things I want to share with you today very simply for those of you who are filling in the blanks thank you for doing that we're going to talk about looking back looking up and looking forward. Don't worry, I'll repeat that again. But looking back, he he says in chapter 3, verse 2, that we need to remember the prophecy. Remember the prophecy. He said, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of the reminder. By the way, in the, I, I cut off the first part of that verse. He said, this is the second time I've written to you. In both of the books, in both of the letters, i Vince, he's saying, I'm trying to get you to get you head on straight you ever had somebody tell you get your head on straight that's exactly what he's saying to them i've written both of these books that means Shelley, first peter and second peter because i want you to get your head on straight and a part of getting sue getting your head on straight is remembering the prophecy of the coming of the lord jesus is coming again remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. You see, the prophets foretold His return and Jesus promised He would return. He's coming. He's coming again. Do you believe that? He's coming again. And His return is the hope Of our passion. Do you hope for that day? If you knew that Jesus was coming one hour from now, what would you do about it? Man, some of us would need to be on our knees. Some of you would need to get saved. Most of us would say, well, let's just finish the service like we normally would and we'll be ready for his coming. But I hope, I hope that you are ready for His coming. And I would not do you justice if I did not say to you, if you're lost, you need to be saved because Jesus is coming. His return is the hope of our passion. He also said in looking back, remember that there will be scoffers. You see, not everybody is convinced that Jesus is coming. People have heard the promise of His coming for so long, and it has not happened yet, and they've quit believing if they ever did believe. Those who have never believed in His first coming certainly scoff or mock at His second coming. Knowing this first, verse 3 says, verses 3 and 4, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing scoffing or with mocking following their own sinful desires for they will say where is the promise of his coming Preachers has been preaching a long time melody that jesus is coming and he has not come yet and unfortunately some folks have quit looking they've begun to make excuses why he has not come and some have decided that he never will come. Joe, there's a warning that Jesus gave his stewards. What if the, the steward of the king decides he's not coming and he starts living up, eating up all the king's food and drinking up all the king's wine and partying and not doing what the king left him behind to do? There are some who are doing that. But listen to me. If you forget everything else I say today, remember I said, Brother Lynn said, Jesus is coming. And His return, His coming, is the hope of our passion. Looking back, we need to also remember the judgment. God has judged the world before, and He will judge the world again. This They deliver it they deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of His command. And He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then, later on, 1,500 years later, then He used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, don't forget... He destroyed the sinful world with a flood, and by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. This earth has an appointment to keep. And John, God keeps his appointments. He has reserved the present. Pammy promised that he'd never destroy the world by flood again but he didn't mention fire. And when he comes again, he will destroy the present universe by fire. They are being kept. There's an appointment. They are reserved for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. Now, you can be sad about that or you can be glad. Say, how can I be glad that judgment's coming? Well, there's some people who deserve judgment. And our righteous God will one day step back into this earth in a physical form. Again, Jesus Christ will touch, his foot will touch down on the Mount of Olives. That Mount will split. He will set up a kingdom, and justice will rule and reign. For a thousand years, there is judgment coming. At the end of that thousand years, a final judgment will take place. Did you ever wonder what will happen to evil people? Did you ever wish that it would it would happen sooner? Confession's good for the soul. Just go ahead, nod your head and admit it. We've all wished it. But judgment is coming. Now, friend, if that scares you, on the other hand, because you know that you will be judged, then you need to get right with God today. I I thought about, Don, every point of my sermon today points to the fact that if somebody is here and has never been saved, they better get saved now because Jesus is coming and He's coming in judgment. You look back at what the scriptures say. You look back at what the prophets have said. You look back at what Jesus has said. The truth is, Jesus is coming. And He is the hope of our passion. How can I be passionate for Christ? Because I know He's coming again, Tim. One day I'll see Him, and every knee will bow before the Lord of lords and King of kings, because Jesus is coming again. I said that we would talk about looking back, but we're also talking about looking up. Now, uh, In verses 8 and 9, and we'll look at those a little bit at a time, Chris has already read them to us, but in looking up, there's a couple of lessons that we need to learn about who, good, who God is and how He works. For one thing, we need to understand that His clock does not run on our time. If you hadn't figured that out yet, uh, I keep, Don, I tell people, I'm in sales, not management. You may have the illusion of control, but we are not in control, and He often disappoints us. With His timing, His clock does not run on our time. And Mike, we can't set His clock for Him. He is God. The Bible says that with Him, He said, um, you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Uh, don't misinterpret that. That's not talking about creation. Some people have, have tried to say, well, I guess that means that the seven days in Genesis, the six days of creation, a day of rest, maybe that was eons and eons of time. Nope, because he said evening and morning. That narrows it down to a 24-hour day. By the way, if you struggle with that, just think about the fact that God is God. And the Bible says multiple times that He called the worlds, He spoke the worlds into existence. He is not man. He's not limited to our power, but He can speak and it exists. He spoke the world into existence. This is not talking about creation. This is talking, Vince, about God's time clock. Alice, it, it means that just because He has not come for thousands of years does not mean He's not coming? We may get tired, but listen to me, God never gets tired. He's never late. You may think that He is late, but God is never early, and He is never late. He is coming, and He is the hope. Of our passion. How can you be passionate? How can I be passionate? Because of Him. He and He alone is the hope of our passion. Notice also about God that He never fails to keep a promise, He never breaks a promise. Dad, have you ever told your kids you would do something? You got busy and you forgot. Or you let something else interrupt so you didn't keep your promise. Mom, did you ever make a promise to your husband, to your kids, and you didn't keep the promise? God never does that. God always keeps His promises. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. But wants everyone to repent. He always keeps a promise. Jesus never fails. And he never fails to keep a promise. Jesus has promised his return. He's promised us eternal life. If we believe. He's promised us the resurrection. And he's promised He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I go, I will come again to receive you unto Myself. He made a promise. He will keep that promise. Maybe the reason that He has not yet come is because He wants everyone to be saved. That's what that means in the last part of that verse. He wants everyone to be saved. Now listen to me don't misunderstand everyone is not going to be saved he wants them to be saved and he gives time and opportunity just think about this a minute you don't have to answer you can if you want to it won't bother me I'll just keep preaching But how many times did you hear the gospel before you got saved? The same famous Baptist preacher in Canada said one time that nobody should hear the gospel twice before everyone has heard it once." Well, that sounds real good for you, know, stirring people for missions, but I'm glad that I got to hear the gospel many times in my life, and he kept on giving, the, giving me the opportunity. To be saved, he's patient. The Bible says he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He's being slow because he's patient for your sake. That word "patient" is a word "epithumia," and that there's some words that in in the Greek language, Hebrew language that sound like what they mean. What does your heart sound like? Thump, thum, 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 epa, thum. It means God's heart beats a long time. I take great joy in knowing that all those times, Kelly, that I was listening to the preaching and it was going in one ear and out the other, and I did not believe. And even when I began to understand that I needed to repent of my sins and call on Jesus, God's heart, Corey, just kept beating for me. His heart has beat a long time for you. And it's still beating now. It beats at this moment. He's looking down with love at you and He wants you to repent. He wants you to believe. He wants you to be saved. His heart is beating for you. Will you not allow your heart to beat for Him? Trust in Him. Turn to Him for salvation. He wants you to be saved. And He is the hope of our passion. I said we would look back that we would look up, but we also must look forward, looking for and hastening the day of the Lord. I said He's coming. We need to be looking toward that hour and that day. Make no mistake, Bobby, nobody knows when that is. The Bible makes that very clear. Debbie, I think if somebody says, this is the day He's coming, and they pick out a day. I think that's exactly the day He's not going to come. He'll make sure of that. That's exactly. You can just mark it down. When they say it's that day, to write that day off. He's not coming that day because nobody knows the day or the hour. We might recognize the season. We know already that, Rodney, we're in the last days. We know that. But when is He coming? I don't know. Could be today. I'd be glad if it was today. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. If it's not today, it might be tomorrow. We need to be watching. We need to be watching because the Bible says very clearly that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now, Jesus said if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have been ready, waiting for him. Uh, maybe they did not have, David, a 357 magnum in that day to meet the thief at the door. But whatever they had, Don, they they would have been, the master of the house would have been there waiting. And there's been a lot of questions about the parable of the virgins and the parable of, the, of about all that Jesus said about, his second coming and roger you can sum every one of them up with this with the truth that he's teaching be ready be watching don't give up you better be watching because it will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works and that are done on it will be exposed well That's the other thing. Not only do we need to be watching, but we better be ready. We better be ready for His coming. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward, there you go, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Let me see if i can find it in my notes in verse in the new king james version in the king james version the older translations because of the greek words that are used three times in verses 12 13 and 14 the word looking occurs in verse 12 looking for and hasting the coming day of the lord verse 13 we look for a new heaven and a new earth verse 14 looking forward to such things we need to be looking and knowing that these things will be destroyed we need to think about what kind of people we ought to be brother goodwin charles that was his favorite verse considering all these things will be destroyed what sort of people ought we to be That's quite a question. Have you thought about that? What kind of lives should we be living when we consider that all of this will be destroyed? Not only that, but we ought to be passionate. In verse 14, So dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort. See, there it is again. That's the phrase some translations say, Be diligent. That means be passionate. I I don't like the word diligent for that because diligence to some people just means put your head down and keep going. And there's no real feeling to it. But I read this book of 2 Peter and I see a passion for God and I want that passion in my life and I want that passion for my church. Make every effort. Be sold out be committed be willing to sacrifice give your life no reserves no retreats and no regrets make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight if you really believed listen to me look up here look at me i can't see much through your masks But look at me anyway. If you really believe that Jesus is coming, and you really believe that all this will one day be destroyed, you'll be different. You'll live different. You'll look different. You'll work different. And you'll have a heart for God, because Jesus is coming, and He is the hope of our passion. Not only... Do we need to be watching, be ready, be passionate? We need to be growing. We need to be growing. I've talked about that a great deal on Sunday evenings. Are you growing? Is your faith growing? Are you growing in the faith and the knowledge of the Lord? He says in verse 18, We must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to me. If you're sitting still, you're not sitting still. You're going backwards. And we need to be growing. We need to be learning Scripture. We need to be learning who God really is. We need to be growing in our relationship with Him. And growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ will grow your passion. Oh, listen. Live your life to His glory. Live your life... To His glory. Give your life to Him. Live by faith and not by fear. No reserves. No retreats. And no regrets. He is the hope of our passion. You know, I told you the story of Jim Elliott, Peter Fleming, Roger Udarian, Nate Saint, Jim McCulley, the five missionaries who died. And I said to you that the newspapers, Life Magazine, had a big spread with pictures. I have a copy of that somewhere in my files of that newspaper, of that magazine article about the five missionaries who died. The summation from almost every newspaper and every news outlet was that their lives were wasted. And I said to you that their lives were not wasted because the tribe that they went to reach was reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a result of Rachel Saint and Elizabeth Elliot going to the Wild Ronnie, They received Christ, and the very men who speared the missionaries to death trusted Jesus and were saved. One of those men, the man who speared Nate Saint Saint to death, recently died. In fact, he died April the 28th. Of 2020. And he's standing in heaven today with Nate Saint. Talk about reunion. Nate faced that man and saw him coming with a spear, and he knew he was done for. And he died on that sandy beach in the Kruare River. And then the day came in heaven when that man stepped into heaven. That's what he died for. That's why he gave his life. The resurrection is coming. And one day we will see those that we've had a part in winning. We've had a part in their saving. No, their lives were not wasted. Besides the tribe being reached, the story that has been told, their story has resulted in thousands of men and women who have surrendered to the mission field to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the regions beyond. And I'm one of them. I'm one of those who was so touched by the book Through Gates of Splendor that God used that story of those five men to break my heart that I could give my life to missions. No reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. What is God calling you to do? Who is He calling you to be? What is He asking you to do today? Are you passionate for God? Or have you grown cold? Backslidden. Come back. Come back. If you're lost, you've never been saved, turn to God today. Give your life to Him. Surrender. Surrender to God. If you need to come for baptism, for church membership, for salvation, let's stand together with heads bowed and eyes closed. Make your decision for God. Father, I thank You for Your Word and I pray for a movement of Your Spirit. Lord, I can't help but believe That there's someone here who needs to make a decision for you right now. And I pray that they will.